0: If you would, turn to 3 John 2. Come on, look at freedom leads to God's life in us. Freedom. The 4th of July is is fast approaching. You know, we celebrate our freedom. God has given us freedom as a nation. This is still the greatest nation on the face of the earth. You know, I like when people complain. No, I don't like it. But it's interesting when people complain about the United States and blah, blah, blah. And those same people that complain are the ones that are are making a whole lot of money, but yet they're complaining. Well, they can leave and go somewhere else, but they know better. They just shoot their mouth off. Praise the Lord. God is good. I you in 3 John 2. 3 John 2. See, he's there. 3 John 2. Freedom. Freedom. What do we do with the freedom Jesus Christ paid for us? What do we do with that freedom? What do we really do with the freedom that He's purchased for us? Do we kind of believe it? Do we walk in it? Do we walk in bondage even though Jesus had paid for freedom? What do we do with the freedom that we, we were given? Uh, 3 John 2. Are you there? Yes. Uh, just say yes. Yeah, yes. Okay, <laughs> praise that even if you're not. Beloved, <laughs> I pray that you may prosper in how many things? Oh. That we would prosper in all things and be in health. This past week to two weeks, I've heard some of the craziest, strangest things happening to people and to their physical bodies. We have to know that God wants us to prosper and be in health. Prosper in all things and be in health. Because you can prosper, but if you're not in health, if you're not healthy, big deal. You wanna have the means and the capacity to enjoy what God brings to you. If you're not healthy, it's not that easy to enjoy things. Isn't that true, Ethel? It's true. It's true. Just as your soul prospers, your mind, your intellect, your emotions, when they prosper, you prosper. And when those things prosper, your health will start prospering. And I don't want to get off on health, but, but when you're not prospering in your mind, when you're not prospering in your emotions, in those type of things, it will put a strain on your physical body that will not only affect you mentally, but it can affect you spiritually. Did you hear what I said? are spirit, soul, and body. Isn't that true? Mm-hmm. The Lord purchases our freedom for every area. For your spirit man, for your soul, and for your body. And we'll look at that in a little while. Turn to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. Freedom. John 8 verse 31. It says, then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, if you what? Abide in my word. You know what else that means? If you continue. Mm-hmm. If you continue. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. If we don't abide or continue in the word of God, are we truly his disciples? I'm just asking a question. What happens many times. We have a mental understanding of the Word of God. Now, hear what I'm going to say. I'm going to listen too. I'm not sure what I'm going to say. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes you have a mental assent to the Word. You have the Word that has been put into you. Isn't that true? You have more Word over the years inside you than, than a lot of people ever have in their lives. But, that word that goes in won't prosper if you don't continue, right? Did you hear what I just said? If you don't continue, the word's not going to prosper. It's just like you eat food, right? If, if we ate physically, how many times we eat spiritually, we may not even be sitting in this chair. In. Mm-hmm. Nobody in their right mind. And I said right mind because I just read an article about this young lady who is a—I forget the term—but she gets her energy from breathing, so she doesn't really eat much anymore.
1: Oh no, my God!
0: And she's more healthy, she said, than ever before. But she's living a continual fast. You know she. And I'm just thinking, that's not going to last. But you don't eat one day and then go four days without eating. And then you eat three meals that day, four meals the next, five meals the next, and then go another week without eating. Right? right. You don't physically do that. No. Well, don't spiritually do that either.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Amen. You need to eat. You know, they say eat three square meals a day. You know, really, you should eat more than three meals a day. Bodybuilders, people, and athletes and that, they eat five, six, seven meals a day. They're eating continually. Why? To feed their physical body so that they can have the energy to do what they're doing. Are you hearing me? Well, in the same way, we need to feed our spirit so that we can progress in life you'll only go as far as your spirit man and your mental capabilities are that's as far as you're going to go that's quiet in here mm-hmm. Shh. Fire. Mm-hmm. if you abide in my word you are my disciples and you shall know the truth you shall what mm-hmm. know by experience, literally, that's gnosis. That's it's, it's it's experientially knowing. Now, I don't base everything on experience, that's oh lord Jesus. But when you start experiencing the word on the inside, when it starts, when it starts growing, when it starts doing what it's supposed to do, you start experiencing it. Are you hearing me? And as you experience it, it helps you to progress. That's why he said in verse 32 again, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. There is nothing, the word that you don't know doesn't make you free. Isn't that brilliant? There are so many promises in this, in this Bible. Ralph, how many promises are in the Scriptures? They say what over seven thousand all of them all of them they're they're saying there's over seven thousand promises in the scriptures now how many know all seven thousand promises i don't but it's the promises that you know if a person doesn't know about salvation and the freedom jesus purchased can they have salvation This isn't hard. No, you can. People out there think they're saved many times. And you talk to them and you think, I don't think you're saved. I don't think, Lord, what in the world do you believe? It's what you know. Even on a job, if you don't know how to do something. What do you do? You're a, you're a, you ask. You her, you learn how to do it. Isn't that isn't that brilliant?
1: <laughs>
0: now, if you don't know how to do something and then you pretend yeah. that could get you somewhere. Okay, <laughs> yeah. yeah, i you, <laughs> right. you, <laughs> <out. laughs> <laughs> you know. But if you don't know it and you do something. It's like on the computer, you don't know something, and you start. <laughs> Marissa, you keep pressing the buttons. You keep pressing buttons. Man, you get yourself so far out there, you think, Marissa. <laughs> yeah. I, I hear what I'm saying. Well, it's the same way with God. It's what you know. That's why you have to spend time knowing. Go to John 10. Because what are we doing with the freedom? What are we doing with the with what he purchased for John chapter 10, verse number 7. <coughs> Jesus said to them again, Most surely I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Mm-hmm. He's the door. Mm-hmm. How many, when you go home, will go into your house outside of the door?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You going to climb through the window?
1: Well, my door doesn't work. So we <laughs> have to go through the garage.
0: The garage wall?
1: Door, right?
0: The garage wall or the garage door?
1: The garage door. You can go through
0: a door. You're still going through the door. You can go through the window, you can go through the roof, you can go through the wall, or you can go through a door, right? Well, he says, Jesus said, I'm the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. He will be saved and find pasture. He'll find food. He'll find sustenance. He'll find life. The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. Remember, if they go up any other way, they're a thief. The thief comes to steal, kill, and the thief comes another way outside of Jesus. Now, we say the thief is Satan, and yes, okay. But the thief can be religion. The thief can be unbelief. The thief can be whatever. But the thief comes to do what? Steal. To kill and to destroy. Steal. How many like to be stolen from? Mm -hmm. I got to make a call this week on my car rental. I rented the car for a week. The first day that we rented it, later in the evening, we brought it back. How many days did we have the car for? One. 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 Not even one. Mm-hmm. So you get charged for one. They charged me for an entire week. Ow. Oh.
1: Ow. Ow. Mm. No.
0: You <laughs> so now I'm gonna call them. And if it doesn't get straightened out by them, then I go to my to the paid by credit, I go to them and challenge that and they'll stop the payment.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now it could have been accidental, it could be after that week then they re, then they put it back on, I don't know, but I will find out. <laughs> Are you following? Yeah. The thief comes to steal, to kill and to destroy. Jesus said, I have come that you may have... You see, freedom produces life. Real life. Not fake life, not, you know, fake news and all this other stuff. Fake prosperity, fake wisdom, fake this. No, 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 no. Jesus said, I have come that you may have life, and that you may have it more abundantly. Wow life. Well, let's keep reading. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling a hireling he who is not the shepherd one who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling does not care about the sheep. Jesus is the good shepherd. He loves us you know what else I like about He purchased us. You are bought. Well, nobody's going to buy me. I want to be bought by the King of kings and the Lord. Because when you're bought by Him, He says, come on in. Amen. Where are you coming into? His kingdom. Amen. All the promises are no and forget it. That's <laughs> not no, what the scripture says. They says yes and amen. Yes and so be it. That's what the right? We have to know the word. Know it. Because if you don't know it, how are you going to walk in the freedom that he purchased for you? Verse 14, I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep. Do you see that? Mm -hmm. He knows you. Isn't that something? Nobody knows you like jesus you think your spouse knows you not like jesus does and it's funny after you've been married for a while you almost read each other's thoughts i mean it's just it gets kind of weird you can answer you can finish each other's sentences and you think that's really weird stuff but it's because you're you're around each other you're with each other are you following me but jesus knows us a lot better I, and I know my sheep, and I am known by my own. Do you see that? As believers, as children of God, as Christians, however you want to label it. He says, I am known by you. We should know him. Are you following? We should know him by experience. We should know him. You cannot get to know somebody if you never talk to them. Isn't that brilliant? Mm-hmm. Or commu- let me say it like this now: communicate, mm-hmm. because people think you know social media and all that is really knowing somebody. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. Nope.
0: Not really. Social media can be awesome on some things. On other things, it it, it doesn't replace personal contact. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can you imagine we communicated with God like that? Send them a text. Here, <laughs> yeah, read that, Lord. <laughs> well, the Lord said, I'm not going to read today. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm not reading. I'm going to listen, but I'm not going to read. <laughs> Yeah, I'm funny. <laughs> All right Remember, Jesus said, Didn't we do this in your name? Didn't we do that in your name? And he said, And he'll say to him, He'll say, Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I have never now known you. What did he say? Now. I've never what now. known you. I've not known you. You can know about God. He said, I've never known you. You've where have you been? I didn't really know you. Isn't that something? Okay, let's move on. Go to Galatians 5. I have several points. We're only going to cover, we're going to cover them all, but real, because I'm going to add to it tonight, some good stuff. Galatians 5, verse 1. Stand fast therefore in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. Do what? Stand fast. We're going to talk about the liberty. Stand fast. You stand in the liberty by which he made us free. And do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Don't be entangled with a yoke of bondage. Don't. He tells us, don't do it. Don't go away from me. Indeed, I, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. What no Circumcision. Remember, the the circumcision was the outward showing of the covenant that God made to Abraham. Circumcision. I'm not going to get into what circumcision is. If you don't know what it is, look it up. Praise the Lord. That's how the Israelites defeated. The one people, they had all the adults circumcised. Well, if you want, if you want that girl, you want my sister, then all you men are going to have to enter into the covenant like we are. And they all get circumcised. Well, they all got circumcised, and they're, mm, they were weak, sore, and what happened? That night, Israel, they went and battled and wiped them all out. Christ will profit you nothing if you go back. If you go back to trying to please God outside of faith, it doesn't profit you anything. And I testify again that every man who becomes circumcised, that he is a debtor to keep the whole law. How many want to be in debt? You try to go back and try to keep what the, the, the rules of, of the law. He said you're a debtor to all of it. You have become estranged from Christ, you who attempt to be justified by the law, you have fallen from grace. I had a person that was close to me years and years ago would use that scripture to say how you lost your salvation i'm like and I was a new believer i 'm like that 's not what it means it 's not what that's saying fallen from grace that you 've lost yourself you have fallen from the grace of God because that's unmerited favor. It's something God did and now we're going to try to it, replace that. Are you following? Verse 5, for in Christ you neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. Wow. Go to 2 Corinthians 3. And
1: this
0: is where I pull out my phone. because I want to read it in the New Living. Verse 18, 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is the Spirit, and and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Remember, we're talking about freedom leading to life. Wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. But I'm not free in in this area of my life. You've left behind the Spirit. Because where where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Where the Word of the Lord is, you'll know the truth, and the truth will what? Make you free. Where the Spirit is and where the truth is, there's freedom. Martin Luther King. What he... What a man of God! But what what he did—he didn't—he didn't do things. He did things peacefully. Isn't that true? Because yeah. <laughs> he had the truth and the great speech that he made. But where is he getting that from? He's getting that from those scriptures freedom. And I've said as many times, there are people behind bars. You think they're not free? They're free. Because they've come to Christ. They're free. They might not be free physically where they can't. And there's people out here roaming all over and they are they are behind bars. They are, they are absolutely in bondage and they're not free at all. Walk in your freedom. Point number one. I do have points. I'm gonna cover every point. Even after I share one scripture, you know how hard that is. I'm shaking. All right. There is no freedom without Christ's redemption. There is no freedom without Christ's redemption. Well, what does that all that mean? There is no freedom. You know, back in the '60s, they had the sexual revolution. The freedom. You're free. There is no such thing as real freedom outside of redemption. People think lasciviousness and letting your flesh do whatever it wants—that's freedom. That's bondage, because that flesh, that nature, that sin nature, controls and it calls and it calls and it calls. You're gonna do this now. Oh, okay. You know, and they call it freedom. It's not freedom. They're bound to that. So you try, people say, well, I can quit any time. I am not to quit right now. Prove Oh, I don't want to quit right now. Because you can't. I went through that with nicotine chewing the back. God. But when I got free, Jesus set me free one day. That's the power of Jesus Christ, redemption, and believing it, and then walking in it. Say amen. Amen. I know you're here. Ephesians 1 verse 7. In him we have redemption through his blood. Well, we don't want to talk about the blood no more. That's just 24. That's so gross. Without the blood. We gotta talk about not talk about the blood. What are you talking about? Without the blood, there is no freedom. That blood purchased our freedom. Well, you need to sing about the blood. Talk about the blood. Now that's gory. And some, and there are some. the same people that watch the, the most killing movies, yeah. play video games that killing, and and but don't talk about the blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See how? See how crazy is that? things are in him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace that scripture should make you just want to cry out to God and thank him riches of his grace forgiveness of sins what does redemption mean A release secured by the payment of a ransom. Did you hear that? It's a release secured by the payment of a ransom. It's deliverance setting free. The word in secular Greek described a conqueror releasing prisoners, a master ransoming a slave, and redemption from an alien yoke. Are you hearing me? In the New Testament, it designates deliverance through Christ from evil and a penalty of sin. The price paid to purchase that liberation was the shed blood. The penalty of sin. The wages of sin Romans 6, 20, the wages of sin is what? Okay. Death. I love sharing that with people. You don't know Jesus? The wages, your paycheck for your sin is death. Isn't that awesome? Be like your boss at the end of the week. Here's your paycheck, pull out a gun and just kill you. That's your paycheck, death. But well, I work so hard. You can work as hard as you want, and without the payment, the redemption, the ransom that Christ paid, what does it mean? It doesn't mean a thing. Because when it's all said and done, the only thing that will count is what you've done for the Lord Jesus Christ through that, boy, that opens, that can open up a wide range. But when it's all said and done, when you get to the judgment seat of Christ, and I pray that all of us get there, because if you don't get to the judgment seat of Christ, you're going to be at the great white throne judgment. You don't want to be at that judgment. The judgment seat of Christ. That's when everything's tested. Wood, hay, stubble. Gold, silver, precious stuff. What's the wood, hay, and stubble? Burns up. He's gonna put he's gonna put fire to everything we have done. I like that scripture at times. Other times, you know, I don't like that so much. He's gonna put he's gonna put fire. And whatever survives, that's what's gonna be rewarded. Whatever doesn't survive, you look at people that have done great things in the world, but not in the name of Jesus. Listen to what I'm saying. This might be hard. All the great things that are done, it, but not in the name of Jesus and not for the glory of God. You know what? Doesn't mean a thing. That's scary. My greatest I don't want to say fear, but the, my the That makes me want to cry and just cringe is that person or people who think they're doing everything, but they never surrendered and did it for the will of God. (sighs) People that die of sickness and disease. Then they die and but they don't have a relationship with Christ? Doesn't get any better. It gets a whole, whole, whole lot worse. It's scary. See, as a believer, you want to take, and this might not be right, but you want to take advantage of what Jesus did. You want to take advantage of it. Let me give one more. Go to 1 John 4. We'll look at this more in depth later. 1 John 4, verses 9-10, to out of the New Living Translation. God showed us how much He loved us by sending His only Son into the world so that we might have eternal life through Him. This is real love. It is not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent the Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. That's love. Sacrifice for us. He sacrificed ransom. When Jesus went to the cross, the only thing that could that could settle the account, as far as the Father was concerned, was the right type of sacrifice. Nothing else could pay the price. It came from a sinless, spotless Lamb of God. Jesus Christ. Everything was poured out on Jesus. God's wrath, his judgment, sickness, disease, sin, poverty was poured out. 2 Corinthians 5.21 He made him, <clears throat> the Father made Jesus to be sin. Who knew no sin. That we would be made the righteousness of God in Christ. Mm-hmm. He poured it all out. We have no comprehension what that means. None. I've been hurt physically, I've been messed up mentally in my life. But I have no idea what that means. All the worst physical things that have happened to me didn't mean a thing in comparison. But it was that love. Remember, there's no freedom without Christ. Number two, there's no freedom without God's Word being truth in our lives. There is no freedom. There's no freedom without the Holy Spirit either. There's no freedom. Go back to John, Johnny. The Word's got to be the priority of your life. We prioritize time. How many here, listen to me, I'm not saying this to condemn you. how many here prioritize God's Word in your life daily? I'm a pastor. I can't teach your a pastor. I care. Let's read John 8 31 and 32, but we're going to continue. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Remember, we just talked about that. Verse 33. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants. <laughs> oh, I love these guys. Oh. They answered and we are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them, most surely I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever. He's talking to those guys. You're not going to abide in the house forever. Why? You're sinners. You think you're Abraham's descendant, and and you just get in because you're you're his descendant. You're not going to abide in the house forever. Mm -mm -mm. But a son abides forever. Do you see that? A son, a child. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. If the son makes you free, you are free. If the son makes you free, you are free indeed. Jesus is the living word of God. Let me read you something. This is good. I didn't write this yesterday, but I wrote it. Listen to it. Always remember Jesus Christ is the living word. Okay? We have the written word in our laps. Right here. You got your cell phone, whatever. You still have a written word in some form. The living word gives us a relationship with the Father. Did you get that? Mm -hmm. We have fellowship with God through the living word. The written word is for our understanding of who God is, how to follow him, and how to live victorious in this life. Did you get all that? I'll read it again. The great mystery is Jesus is the word of God. The bridge from the written word of God to the living word of God is the Holy Spirit. Boy, that's better than what you think. I'll read it again. Always remember, Jesus Christ is the living word. People can have the principles of the word of God, but they don't have the living word. They succeed in the system because they're using God's principles, but they're going to bust hell wide open. And it don't mean a thing, as far as God's concerned. All right. We have the written word in our lap. The living word gives us a relationship with the Father. We have fellowship with God through the living word. The written word is for our understanding of who God is, how to follow him, and how to live victorious in this life. The great mystery is Jesus is the word of God. The bridge from the written word of God to the living word of God is the Holy Spirit. That's why he gave us the comforter, one who would live inside of us, to bridge that so that we can have relationship with God through the Living Word, boy, that's good. All right, let's let's pull out an Old Testament. One. Go to Isaiah ten. It shall come to pass in that day that the remnant of Israel and such as have escaped of the house of Jacob, will never again depend on him who defeated them, but will depend on the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, in truth. Will depend on on him, who is the truth. And I've shared this many times. What is truth? Pontius Pilate asked Jesus, he's talking to the truth, and he said, what is truth? Truth is the unveiled reality. And Ralph talked about the word last Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. Gave some history behind it. Did you enjoy that? Yes. yes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Only Ralph can do it like that. Yes.
1: <laughs>
0: I know that. I, I know. That's why I wanted him to do that because he's he's our resident professor. I know he rolls his eyes and <laughs> Isn't some of the words still here? How many people, and how many times, and how many cultures try to get rid of the word? Still here. You don't get rid of it. Right? Truth is unveiled reality. Reality TV. Well, reality, reality is, is the word of God. It's unveiled reality. It's not hidden no more. It's unveiled to us as believers. Lying at the basis of an agreeing with an appearance, the manifested or the ver- veritable essence of matter. And this is, I know it's deep, but you guys can handle it. The reality pertaining to an appearance. Therefore, the, the Greek word is al alethia, al- al- sorry, not pronouncing that, denotes the reality clearly lying before our eyes as opposite to a mere appearance without reality. What you see is a mere appearance. God can change what you see, appearance, circumstances. The unveiled reality of God's truth will never change. That's why you base your life on it. I don't care what the government's laws say. The government isn't God. The system isn't God. God is God. And his truth will live forever heaven and earth will pass away but my word will by no means pass away heaven and earth there has been countries come and go great nations come and go but God's always there it's the power of the word of God one more verse Psalm, Psalm 119 verse 43 Just so much good stuff Start with verse 41. Let your mercies come also to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your word. So shall I have an answer for him who reproaches me. For I trust in your word. I take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for I have hoped in your ordinances. Or excuse, and take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth. You keep it in your mouth. It's truth. You speak truth in the atmosphere, in something, that atmosphere, that thing can change. That's the power of the spoken word of God. That's the freedom. God gave us the freedom to serve Him. He gave us the freedom to obey Him. People that do not have a relationship with God, they do not have the freedom to obey God. Why? Because their sin nature controls them. They're the sons of disobedience. Mm. It pushes them to disobey. The 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 new creation the, with the Holy Spirit in us pushes us, leads us into obedience Amen. to obey God, to obey His Word. Amen. Victory, blessing, wholeness—all those things come in obeying God. Well, but that's that's that seems like. It's legalistic. Remember, true biblical faith leads you to obey God. Your obedience doesn't lead to faith. Your faith leads to obedience. You think you obey God in the exterior, but your heart's far from Him. No, get your heart close to Him, then what will start happening? You will obey and follow Him. You know, he calls them, you know, they're outward, but the interior is white wall septic. It's empty. It's, 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 there's nothing there. And the religious people pretend they serve God, but they don't. Hmm. Because really to serve God is to know him and love him. I don't know what you think. Number three. There's. I could stick to any one of these points for a month. Number three, we are free from sin. James four seventeen out of the New Living says, "Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it." Hmm. Okay. Right, let's go to Romans 4, 14, 23. Here's one. But he who doubts is condemned if he eats, because he does not eat from faith. For whatever is not from faith is sin and if you read it in that talking about meats and different things that are offered to idols and different things and but but whatever you do you eat in faith that's what he's saying you eat in faith because whatever you don't do in faith is sin that's why what we do is based on faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god so you When you're free, when you're free from sin, no longer... You know, I have Romans 6 in my notes. Go to Romans 6. But I have verses 1 through 23. You need to read that sometimes. I'm not going to read it all. And then we'll move on to the next point, Romans 6. What shall we say then? Verse 1 Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? People think God's grace gives them the liberty to do some weird things. Mike and I were listening to a CD. I won't name the teacher I really respect and enjoy. He was talking to. Another minister, a black minister. He said, "If I name him, you would know who he is." Gave one instance. He went to a church. He's on the pulpit sitting. Pastor leans over to him. See all those young ladies in that room after service. You point. Out, you point. Whoever one, whichever one you want. I'll make it happen. Big church. He said. big. Some really weird stuff going on. Here, here's the here, here's the one that just flipped me out. Those minutes after service Sunday evening, pastor invites the minister to his house. He says, "Well, let me tell you what we're getting ready to do because you might not, you know, you might not feel comfortable." But we all go over we eat and fellowship and then we swap wives.
1: <laughs>
0: and have well, he's leaving for right Of course he doesn't know. Get me out of here. I think it wasn't that the one that he told that story and and uh, when he said you can have any lady you know what that minister did he left mm-hmm. pastor said what am i going to tell the people mm-hmm. he said tell them what you just told me
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that gravely about well? Certainly. I know that's, those stories are, are, are... I heard that I was just like... No. When you read this... For... Verse 5, for if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. We died with Christ. We were raised in new life. Knowing this that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. We're dead. We died, our old man crucified. We're, we have newness of life. We have the freedom to serve and walk with God and walk away from those things. But well, what happens if we sin? Because I understand, there's pressure. There, People have struggles in life. When well, you go to First John 1, it talks about confess your sin, and then it all starts about we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus. You have an advocate that you can go before Him And be cleansed from that but then we have to renew our mind get on the freedom train and I'm not trying to be funny get on the freedom train and and live in freedom because whatever presents itself if it's not God it could be Okay. Are you still here? Verse 15. What then? And you need to do a little homework and read this. Shall we sin because we are not under law but under grace? Certainly not. Do you not know that to whom you present yourself slaves to obey, you are that one's slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness? But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which you were delivered. You have been set free from sin and become slaves of righteousness. We've been set free and made a slave of righteousness. Why? We've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says that. He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. Why? So that we can be delivered from that and live in righteousness. Your position in Christ as you understand that and live it, you will walk free. It's not the opposite. God's grace helps you to walk free, not God's grace. Let me see how close I can get to doing those things that I know are not right. You might have a freedom to do something that I don't. Those are gray areas of life. Are you following
1: me?
0: But when it's clear from Scripture, it's clear we try to why is it that we always err many times believers err on well that's my freedom instead of erring on Paul said all things are lawful to me, but they're not expedient they don't prosper and he said and, and he even got to the place where he knew if it would lead another believer to sin or to do he said I'll avoid it now let me preface that one because you can get goofy with that well i'm not going to the grocery store because they sell cbd now cannabis man they sell that in all forms now well i'm not going to i don't agree well you get to a place where you don't go anywhere are you following me so again well that's my weakness Let me move on. Holy smoke. Go to Romans 8. Just give me a couple more minutes, all right? I'm going to speak real fast, right? Okay. You got it? Praise God. Roman, Romans 8, verse 2. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free. Remember, what's the title? Freedom leads to God's life in us. The Spirit, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus, has made us free, or made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, on account of sin, He condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteous requirement, there's a righteous in it. The righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilling us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. The righteous requirement has been fulfilled. Why? I'm walking in the Spirit. Well, what's walking in the Spirit? Walking according to the, what the Word of God says. The words that I speak to you, Jesus said, they're Spirit and they're life. It's the mindset. You get the Word in you, it'll start producing you. Might be slow at first. Starts out real small. Parable of the source. starts out real small. Tiny. But when it grows, it becomes greater than all the herbs of the field. It becomes greater than anything else. But you continue in it. You don't, even when you struggle, you continue. The, the, one of the greatest deceptions of the enemy is you struggle in an area, he tries to keep you away from the fellowship of the Spirit of God. Because the condemnation. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Does God condemn us? Mm -hmm. They're convict. He'll deal with you. Doesn't condemn you. See, God's conviction. When you're convicted, literally he's drawing you, he's not condemning you to see that condemnation. What condemnation does, it pushes you away from God. So let me know if I can condemn that person, make them feel like trash, feeling. Feel that way. Then he's got you. Because you won't go to God. You won't go to the Word. Because then you go to the Word, and then you feel like the Word's condemning you. The Word's not condemning. It's trying to bring life to you so you can be free. Okay. That purchase that he's already done. This is good stuff. For those who live according to the flesh set their mind on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is an enemy of God. Carnal, just natural. Number four. got to cover this quick. We are free from sickness and disease. Matthew 8, 16 and 17. Jesus Cast out the demons with a word and healed all. Turn there. When evening they come, they brought in many who were demons with us, and he cast out the spiritual word and healed all who were sick, and it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying he himself took our infirmity and bore our sicknesses. Go to Isaiah 53. This is a fulfillment of Isaiah 53. Isn't it something that it was fulfilled? This is, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. He hadn't gone to the cross yet. See, as far as God was concerned, it was the fulfillment of it. Jesus is the fulfillment of it. Jesus was the fulfillment. That's why he went about healing people, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Everywhere he went, he healed. You read in, before this scripture but you read in, in Matthew 8. Multitudes are coming to him. A leopard comes to him, worships him, and says, Lord, if you're willing, you can heal me. He said, I'm willing. Whatever. Cleansed. Then after that, centurion comes to him. And you know that story. I'm not, you're not, I'm not worthy for you to come on and just speak a word on Jesus said, I haven't found a faith like this in, in Israel. It was done. You go to verse 14. Peter's mother-in-law healed. Then in Matthew 15, or Matthew 8, verses 16 and 17, you have this. You read Matthew 8, it's all about healing. Then that's something. Go to Isaiah 53. I'm gonna read it out of the Amplified. You know, I'm I'm reading this out of the Amplified, and I'm like, it doesn't sound right. I went back. Then I went to the Amplified. What did it call it? The Classic edition. Yeah. Even Amplified has a new edition that has changed. I'm like, we need to. Nah. Some of them the translations, editions, get rid of them. I read it and it changes it all. I'm like, this is terrible. Here's what it says in the classic edition. He was despised and rejected and forsaken by men. A man of sorrows and pains and acquainted with grief and sickness. Doesn't sound fun. When did all that happen? He was acquainted with sickness? Where did that happen? On the cross. Do you believe Jesus was sick? Ever. He might have been a symptom try to come out. He wasn't sick. See, look at the life of Jesus. Then you start seeing how he wants each and every person to live. Was he poor? No. Well, you know, people think he was. you he like a hippie. Peace you know. out. You know. And, you know, I don't have anywhere to lay my head. Can I stay at your place too? Oh, okay. He had a treasure that stole from him all the time. Yeah. How can you have someone steal from you not even really know? No, Jesus knew, but none of the disciples knew. When you're stealing out of the pot, and it still looks like nothing's missing, you got some <laughs> prosperity going.
1: <laughs> Man, there's some... You
0: know, if you have a hundred, hundred dollar bills laying around, and someone comes and takes two of them, chances are you're not even going to know. But someone like me, yeah. they've been sitting there not counting. <laughs> I, it's just like, I just felt yesterday to check, um, I called the credit card. I just just felt, well, let me call and see. And that's when I discovered, wait a minute. You're charging me for something that's not mine. Isn't that something? I'm, I think sometimes they do things that, I'm not saying maybe on purpose, Maybe. Because people will do whatever they can get away with. It's like what your mom said. I'm not going to say that. What your mom said about the home care. Oh. Can I say it? You, Marissa's mom has home care, right? It's home care to come and do things and Well, they discovered. No, my sister. Your sister called, called and said, "Where's this home care person?" No, and she been,
1: wanted to change. Well, oh,
0: change, uh, change this home because they haven't been here in over a month. Wow. Nurse, they said no. They she's been here every every time she's supposed to come. Oh, no. Your mom signed for
1: it.
0: <gasps> Somebody signed for it, but it wasn't my mom. And so they're going back and forth. Well, the the CEO comes to the house. And she speaks Spanish too? Yes. Wow. She could have talk to the other one. Mm. The truth comes out. They
1: made my mom sign five times. She had to
0: sign five times.
1: <gasps> Two. Look at the
0: signature. Look at the signature. Look at the signature. Well, that certainly isn't her signature. Hmm. Four. Wow. Mm. <laughs> That's why I'm telling you if you do what's right and believe, me. he'll protect you. You might have to fight a little bit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know what? It's fine. I gotta share this too. We were talking to Alex Bavere. and he said he had a certain. Uh, him and his brother had uh, an account with one of the phone companies. He said they ripped us off.
1: They lied.
0: They lied. They they out. They lied. Well, they said, well, didn't you see this small print here? Well, you Small print. print. Didn't you read, didn't you read it all? Well, that's not what you what this other part said. So yeah. no. the
1: overview.
0: And and, and he, he used a word that Catherine said she couldn't believe. It. He said I was living, and I used that word living. I just started laughing because okay. I know when you say living, mm-hmm. you are just and you're not gonna be oh mm-hmm. when you're living, man. You you are. He said, said, "I reported them to
1: Federal Trade Commission." Federal Trade Commission. He "He just went
0: off. He said, "They owe owe a thousand dollars. What are you gonna do?" You see, I'm gonna get off on all that. People get away
1: with it. When I'm
0: talking about healing, holy smokes. Let me finish reading. Acquainted with grief and sickness, and like one from whom men hide their faces, he would despise, and we did not appreciate his worth, or have any esteem for him. We did not appreciate his worth. Mm -hmm. Surely he has borne our griefs, sicknesses, weaknesses, and distresses. That other amplified changed all that. Mm -hmm. Took it out. and carried our sorrows and pains of punishment. Yet we ignorantly consider him stricken, smitten, and afflicted by God as as if with leprosy. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquity. The chastisement needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. And with the stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. We are free from sickness and disease. Why does it hit? Why does it attack? Why? And as you get older, your body deals with, it seems like you deal with more than when you were real young. I know. But it doesn't negate what God says. I've been reading a book on healing by Smith Wigglesworth. It's not just for me, but it's because I've run into some really bizarre stuff lately that people are dealing with. Life-threatening and just we, when we know our freedom, we need to help someone else get free. Number five, and this is just, again, we're just scratching the surface. We are free from lack and poverty. Mm -hmm. Go to 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9. Then we'll receive our tithe and offer. Because you're free from lack. What's lack mean? I'm glad you asked. This is out of the New Webster's Dictionary of the Sars of the English Language. Lack. Well, I'll tell you, let me read three definitions. Poverty. The condition or quality of being poor. Unproductiveness. Deficiency in or inadequate supply of something. Okay, that's poverty. Lack. Very similar. Want, need, the fact or state of not having something or enough of something. That which is missing or needed, debt, something especially money owed to another, the state of owing. Okay, are you Second Corinthians eight verse nine? For we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. He what? Became he became poor. poor. Did, He became poor. He who knew no sin was made to be sin. He became sin. He became poor. He became... This is what poor means. To be destitute, poor as a beggar, reduced to extreme poverty. The word suggests the bottom rung of poverty, a situation in which one is totally lacking in the world's goods. Did you hear that? He became... He became that. What Where? On the cross. He what when we talk about redemption, it's full. The price is full. We don't we don't focus on that. You only focus on what you listen to. What goes in those gateways. For we know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, or <clears throat> that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that through his poverty. Here's what that word poverty means. Very similar. It's, it's, it's the same root word, but the word indicates a state of abject poverty, destitution impoverished. In the New Testament described the voluntary, yeah, throw that out. State of abject poverty, destitution, impoverished. You ever go to third world nation? You ever see poverty? I mean, real poverty. We don't really have it in the United States. Some areas are bad. What's our poverty line? 14,000 and something. Does anybody know that yeah. if you make under 14,000 something, you're that's poverty. But do you know, realize that's still more than most of the world? 14,000 for family. Pardon? That's 14,000 for a family. For yeah, I mean, that's that's not an that's individual. that's low. That's I, I'm not saying that's good, but with that in mind, it's still higher than most of the world. And that's even when you start putting it in, and then you really think, what in the world's going on in the world? A lot of crookedness. A lot, of there's more than enough goods in that to, to help everybody. Don't think there isn't. Huh? we produce more food in this country that can feed pretty much the whole world. Doesn't happen, though. All right. Pardon? That through his power, we that we might become rich. Whew. Wow. Go to Psalm 34. This is it. We, see our I, we have to look at these things man, freedom, 4th of July well I think in 4th of July I am so thankful for this nation this is an awesome man. you start going to different parts of this nation this nation is awesome it's not perfect do we have our issues? yes but even with all the issues we have it's still the greatest nation on the face of the earth I pray it's like that until we raptured out of here Psalm 34 verse 10. Now, start with verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. He's what? Good. Taste and see. Taste. You know, Gary brought me some fontanella cheese. You might not think, man. Man, when I cut that, <laughs> oh God. I didn't just taste. I tasted some more. I ate about half of it. Just tasted it. Man, taste and see. That the Lord is good. Thank you, Lord, for using Gary. Taste and see. I tasted and I saw, man, this is good. Praise God. See what little thing can just
1: mm-hmm.
0: bless is the man who trusts in him. Do you see that? Blessed. You start looking at the word blessed. It means literally to bow down and kneel down. And there's a... you start, Well, what are you kneeling down to? You're kneeling. It's a, it's a show of respect. But you kneel down and then the blesser is them. Blessed. blessed. Is the man who trusts in God. Oh, fear the Lord. You his saint. There is no want to those who fear him. Do you see that? What does that mean? There's no want. There's no want. I don't want it. Literally it means no lack. There is no want. There is no lack to those who fear. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Is that in the scriptures? Lack any good thing? I want to lack the bad things. Lack that. Man. So you won't like any good thing. Well, why am I lacking in my life? Well, we don't have time for all that, but, but what I'm saying is when you start hearing these things and start seeing them, it starts changing you. You start believing it. As you believe it, your actions change. It'll help you even with your actions become more productive.
1: Because
0: you're not weighed down. Worried. When you're weighed down, when you're weighed down, your actions change. Because your beliefs change. "Ah, Maybe God doesn't want me to prosper this time in this area. (laughs) Watch what you read. Watch what you pick up. Even by other believers. Of a Christian, there's some books I can read, and I, 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 I because I, they're good authors, but some of the stuff they say I don't agree with whatsoever. Why? Because I can. It, it's not as far as I'm concerned, scripture. So I'll just spit that out. There's other things I'll read out there, throw the whole book out. Not even worth wasting my time. Just throw it out. You don't agree. That means they're all the devil. Um, some people... we, There's levels, different level. and people. Some people lack understanding in certain areas. If we had all the understanding, we'd be God. Are you following me? We're not God. You can learn from somebody. I can learn from an, from an atheist. Well, what could I learn from them? How to really love God. Because you start here and you, you just want to cry. You don't know. You don't know him like I know. Him. If you knew him, you wouldn't you would believe him. That's us I just I need to pray. I have so much here, I'm just uh. Sometimes you can only take so much. You hear so much you just tune out. But when you're in school, sometimes you'll study for hours. Isn't that true? No, it's not
1: true.
0: <laughs> I said in school, sometimes you'll study for hours, right? Is that true? Yes. Anybody's gone ever gone to school in your life? Isn't that true? Sometimes you'll study for hours. Yes. Other times,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I used to cram. Let's not even go there. <laughs> But just study for hours, well then, why can't we hear the word for hours? Or well, why can't you just listen to the Bible? No, you know, people tune on after 20 minutes. But they'll play a video game for three hours. Oh, yeah. So what is it? If you're playing a video game for three hours, do you tune out and just, no, there's, there's so many tempers. Why? You'll sit and watch a movie for three hours. Isn't that true? Mm-hmm. Man, we can't hear the word for 20 minutes, and we would fade out. <laughs> well, because we train ourselves. How do we break barriers? Break some of these goofy thinking. D- demolish strongholds. Take them down. <laughs> Take a bazooka to them. Take an atomic bomb and blow them up. <laughs> atomic bomb, it, you know what, it levels everything for miles around. It. That's what the word, the word, you'll it, it'll it'll annihilate everything around. And what's remaining? God's word. When, when everything's taken out except God's word, then you can see, right? Amen. Let's pray. Amen. Father, thank you for your grace, your love, your mercy. Lord, thank you for the freedom you've purchased for us. Thank you for this nation, Lord, as we celebrate the 4th of July. Still the greatest nation on earth. Lord, this is a blessed nation. And we'll speak that until our dying physical day. Father, we want to bring our tithes, our offerings to you, knowing, Lord, that there is no lack for those who fear. Lord, you'll not withhold any good. Lord, you are taking us to a land of abundance.
1: In Jesus' name.